I'm Rob Hopkins, and this is Imagination Taking Power, a podcast where I share with you conversations, insights, and aha moments on my journey towards writing a book about imagination. We recently spoke to Andrew Brewerton, Principal at Plymouth College of Art, about the fascinating tale of how Plymouth School of Creative Arts came to be. Plymouth School of Creative Arts is a remarkable new school which puts the cultivation of the imagination at its heart, even down to how its striking new building was conceived and designed. Before Christmas, I visited the school and sat down to chat with then-head teacher Dave Strudwick to find out more about the place, how it came into existence, how it works, and what the thinking is that underpins it. I started out by asking him to tell me its story. The schools, we've ju- we're just in our um, sixth year of, of existence. Um, it came about as an idea from um, the leadership of uh, Plymouth College of Art and uh, the idea that they were really concerned about the 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 minimization of of the arts in in schools um, the lack of creativity um, in aspects of the school system I think I think they felt particularly with the secondary aspects um, more so than the primary but but but, but generally um, and um, in a very um, inspiring and cavalier kind of way, they they thought, yeah, we, we make things, we're artists and we're an art college, we make things, let's make a school. And um, I think the one of the things that was really kind of inspiring around that, um, sorry, one of the things that was really um, inspiring around that was the... Um, the way that they didn't look at it from the perspective of um, a pipeline for the college. Um, it was more around uh, the aspect of transformation, social justice, of making the, the city a better place, making the educa- education system different. And I was very lucky. They, they'd been successful in um, at, the, at an interview with the Department for Education. I was very lucky to be appointed as a cur- curriculum consultant. Um, I think it was around the sort of October time of uh, of uh, 2012. I think it was, and um, yeah, I, I I joined as a curriculum consultant. I then applied for the headship when that that was advertised and was successful. Um, I'd been a head teacher before, but the chance to start a school from scratch and um, working as an all through school because uh, we 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 have children now that run from three through to sixteen. Um, and the school when we opened we only had 90, 94 children in an open plan office um, over the road from where the school now is and uh, today we're over a thousand students and you know a couple hundred staff and it's it's amazing it's a there's lots of lots that we're really proud of and we're we, we're sort of just coming out of that startup phase really and into a process of um, of building into um, uh, you know, sort of consolidation and into the next five years of of really, you know, going for for a new sense of horizon. But yeah, and it's, really and it's a very striking. It's a very striking building. I mean, what was yes, what, what was the yeah. process of designing? Yeah, uh, what was the brief to the architect to design somewhere uh, that's that, a really that, good question. Would host I, this I think there's a there's a whole series of things that 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 fitted into that, and I was really privileged to be a part of the group. 
um, who were working um, with, with the architects, looking at the the brief, looking at and um, the design process, and we we had amazing support. Uh, I think one of the things that was that, that Andrew Burton um, did that was really pivotal was was looking at um, ideally being in a part of the city in the city centre. Um, really interested in the development of a um, a, a store in the centre of town that was derelict, and uh, and the development of that. And when um, the um, when central government said, "Well, we can't afford to do that," um, Andrew um, somewhat flippantly, um, but but also in a healthily provocative manner said well can you build us a department store on this site then <laughs> and because uh, he was he what he had identified was the significance of the larger open plan floor plates that we we you know we have as in our studios there were aspects of um things like we we wanted to be able to do art anywhere um we we wanted the the, the wider spaces to develop a more collaborative and team approach to learning and to to also provoke an element of a new pedagogy um, that was more appropriate for um, for this century and um, I, and there were little details as well that I remember sort of being involved in in terms of the sort of the visible engineering I really wanted that not from a point of view of saving money although it did it was but it, I really wanted children growing up to be able to see how the building mm. works and so often that's hidden and then you, you, you know, you, for me, I, I had no idea what would sit behind a wall or under a ceiling, so uh, or above a ceiling, and you know, so it was really it, that things like that were great. It was very much a team approach. We had great architects at Phil and Claire Bradley, um, and I think their background of working in, with the arts, already working with the College of Art, um, made a really big difference. So, how yeah. how would you evaluate the the state of health of the imagination and creativity in? Education in Britain in 2018. It's a, it's it's a really it's a really interesting question, and I I think if I was um, looking at aspects like um, curiosity and, and creativity, I, I I'm really concerned um, with where we are, and I think there's a real direct link there through into imagination. I I think quite often. Uh, young children in schools move. If you if you think about really young children, sort of three, four, five year olds, they, you know, they got that wonderful curiosity and asking why and imagining things all the time, and it's it's a very natural thing. Mm. And um, you know, I I I don't think it needs a lot of encouragement. It's almost inherent in being human and 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 that process of play. And when you watch. You know, in the in in the animal world, when you watch animal plays, how they learn, and um, you know, bears don't go to school. <laughs> but um, I think we, we, what happens as children get older, and from relatively young age of six or so, I think children start to feel like the teacher knows the right answer, and it becomes about trying to. The imagination test is I've got to imagine what's in your head, mm. rather than imagine for myself, and. I think there's the accountability system in schools is so um, skewing uh, the profession, uh, so pushing people to to game the system that actually we end up 
working in a way that's not always healthy um, or supporting the imagination uh, curiosity it, it, and it becomes so teacher dominated and driven that we're not preparing young people who are confident to think for themselves to to play an experiment we, we you know you, you'll, you'll get schools and teachers who, who will say yeah it's okay to make mistakes but but I don't think we actually really live that with any integrity uh, including us ourselves as adults and so I think there's some some concerns I mean as an example if you're in in the phonics assessment in 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 year one which is a national uh, kind of thing that schools are benchmarked against and it's not I'm not I haven't got necessarily got a problem um, with with phonics um, there's lots around those building blocks of learning to read which are just so so critical for young people um, but what I worry about is that we end up not building a love of reading mm-hmm. um, or that because for example in the assessment um, there's imaginary words so they're testing can you construct using these pho- the, 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 pho- the phonics approach um, how to read a particular imaginary word now what schools have started to do in response to the test is to teach imaginary words and that, that's just ridiculous and pointless, I think. Um, you know, I mean, you could argue there's an element of, you know, in terms of poetry and things as the kids get older, but that's not what's going on. I mean, it's... it's and I think sometimes we lose the purpose and intention mm. sitting behind the big picture of what a real education is all about. And there's been a lot of cuts in terms of yeah. uh, teacher places and all of that sort of stuff as well. I, I think hu- huge financial pressures for, for schools... Um, you know, it's. I think it's part of why, on a different level, the imagination of of, of leadership, of of governors, of of the system to create a different model is really important. Um, you know, that I, I I see our community as a critical part of of resourcing the context for our learning. I, I don't mean resourcing financially, but just being able to provide a real sense of purpose in a learning situation so we've got guys who um, work over the water Cromwell keel boats and they've worked with us renovating um, some 1950s fireflies that's been amazing because the 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 purpose and edge to that you know as a teacher I can't be a boat builder I haven't got that experience and even you know you've got skilled design technologies they're not a boat builder and they're and then that bit of edge of you're not just making, you know, your your, your spice rack or something. You, you, you're making a boat that you're going to sail, or you're renovating a boat that you're going to sail, and you better listen because you're going to sail this. <laughs> you don't want <laughs> you, to be quite a wet, <laughs> difficult mistake to make. You yeah. know, so I think I think there's something where that context and purpose from community um, is is really powerful. But you know, on the weekend we had. I think it was um, 1,500, close on 2,000 people coming through the school on the weekend. We had a community, you know, winter fair run by the the, the PTFA on the Saturday. Sunday, there's a church in. Um, there was a, there were sports going on as well. Um, there was professional wrestling being run on Sunday afternoon. And I think you know the, the that that's important in terms of the school space the red house being a community building and that's needed in this area there's not large there's not another large community building 
Um, but it's also important for us financially because it supports that, that income generation mm. and partnership with different members of our community. So was the school created as a free school? It Was it created under yeah, the free school it was. legislation? Yeah, so ostensibly, you know, the free school part is about how you are formed and then ostensibly we're run like an academy, uh, have the same accountabilities in terms of... Uh, Sort of how we're funded or financially, um, you know, and, and the same accountabilities as other schools in terms of progress measures and so. Like so, in terms of how you do what you do and the and the the experience that kids have as they as yeah. of learning, how how would you say that it that it that what you do uh, nurtures the imagination or kind of in, produces yeah. young people who are more imaginative? I think part of it is uh, where you know when we're working at our best. Um, we give space for play and experimentation. We give a context that gives a greater level of responsibility so that the student is driving their learning. They've got a different responsibility in relationship to that. And I, I think when you've got a good project, you do that. I was talking to a parent yesterday who was highlighting um, how their child was was working on things at home and you know we were talking about how they were staying in at lunchtime to to do this additional learning and not because they were being forced to it was an intrinsic motivation of I really want to do this I want to make it as good as I can I've got an exhibition coming up I need to make sure that I'm representing what I think it could be you know and that sense of I think that's it's where sometimes as well for some of our young people it's so important to have those connections to Towards what's possible within your within within your environment, we've we had um, uh, older students from Plymouth College of Art coming over from Palace Court, um, so seventeen, eighteen year olds, and working with some of our eight, nine year olds on developing films, and the the younger children were ostensibly writing a script that these, these poor students then had to turn into a, a film with no budget and they were, you know, the kids were really stretching their imagination but I think the lovely thing from the reciprocal side of that was for those eight, nine-year-olds, they're suddenly thinking, it's not like, oh, I'd like to be like Steven Spielberg and a filmmaker. It's like, oh, you know, that Wendy or Ethan who comes in on a, you know, a Thursday afternoon, it's like could be me and I think that sense of possibility is a really strong part of that link between imagination and intrinsic motivation mm. and I, I, I think that's something that if you're just driving towards a test or an exam um, it's not that there's a there's something wrong with, 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 with the examination but if you're driving towards that solely it, it it's not it's not enough and it's not gonna it's not gonna feed that sense of possibility. Um, it's just a grade, you know. You're kind of trying trying to get to, and and it's not that I'm I'm arguing against high standards or anything silly like that. Um, you know, the quality that can be produced in a real context, a real project. Um, I would argue is much deeper, more sustainable learning. I, I I can remember, you know, doing really well in exams, and then afterwards. Just I, I couldn't remember a thing of, of it, and I can't remember many of those things now. Yet some of those really more meaningful experiences I've had in life 
you know, you never forget. So you did a project-based learning like like they now do, like they now do in Finland as a as a kind of a standard, and they're starting to do in other places rather yeah, than now it, it's geography, now it's French. You take yeah, that more project-based approach. We do, and even within as the students get older into their into their GCSEs and BTEC and various different qualifications, um, we still use projects there within a subject um, because. You know the I, I, the, lov- the lovely thing with a really good project though is it cuts across the boundaries of uh, of a subject, which is quite a an academic process rather than a real life process. Um, I had the privilege of working with a scientist, a group of scientists in the Science Museum in London, and the way that their work was um, the the way you could make sense of it. You know, it was as much about art, interpretation, perception, neuroscience, it was all of those things within 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 one and um I remember Andrew Brewerton talking about the the nature of culinary art in terms of the science in that, the, the culture and the history and those things and you know, in, in often in your in our lives we don't compartmentalise it in mm. the way that we do in schools for exams and I think that's where the context and a good project is is so helpful and can really drive that intrinsic love of an inquiry, being really curious, um, rather than worried about you don't know something, being really excited because you don't mm. know something. Mm. Um, that's certainly one of the things I learned from working with those neuroscientists in in the science museum was they were insatiably curious, a little bit like a three or four year old, and they were most excited when they didn't know. Whereas I think for me as a teacher, you know, I I I I'd kind of got conditioned into feeling I, I I should know, should know the answer, and it was really obvious working with them that that was a real flaw in in the way I I was I wound up being, and I I I think part of what is um, kind of a challenge for us as a school and requires the imagination of staff and and, and leaders as much as. Um, uh, that for the children is that we have to reimagine ourselves in relation to what good learning is about and mm. um, what good education is about. So for you, if if young people left school at 16 or 18, mm. as imaginative as they could be, and the previous 10 years, 12 years of their life had been, had led up to producing them, them emerging as, as imaginative as possible, what might be, what might that time have been like what might some of the qualities or the experience of that have been like I think I think some parts of it um, would be that 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 wonderful um, kind of experience of of excitement and, and fear in, in in just about equal measures of of going out of your comfort zone and it not being you know to becoming more comfortable through those experiences, through being stretched to new things, um, to realise it's okay not to know. Um, I think some of those things would be um, very much embedded experiences within the community, a real life brief, things where you're drafting and redrafting uh, rather than you make once and then you are, you know, so often in schools, let's evaluate what we've done. Um, why are we evaluating? Oh, because that's what you do at the end of a half term, and then do you go back to it? Do you do you get a new brief? Do you does the client feedback? And we don't do that in schools. I 
I, it's one of the things we've we've really been working on is the is the redrafting process of okay you've written something once and then you you're, you're refining it or you've drawn something and you, you draw it again and again and you keep building until you get to a point of real quality I think sometimes in schools we we rush it can be overfilled with content rather than quality mm. so that's one thing I'd really want young people to have I'd want them to have the experience of not being at home as well um, to, we, we've got a residential experience that f- takes the physical horizon to a different dimension um, I think that's really important you know when you've got young people who you know are going over to Cornwall and they're saying well what's this bridge you know and then like, or actually all, all of our children from 7 to 11 the other day uh, went on a boat trip up the Tamar they went under the Tamar to look at it from different perspectives they're involved in making models of it and um, developing a whole um, project around the, the, the Tamar and how it's developed and why that might have happened in the way that it has I think one of the, so so I think the, there's that bit of, of getting the physical environment to be in a different different place um, a lot of our year sevens, for example, um, can can walk to to France. Um, they, you know, literally two hundred and fifty meters down the road. Um, to the ferry. To the ferry, they go as foot passengers. We can do it for I think it's about forty five quid, and have a day. They go over at night. They have a day over there, uh, buy produce and things over in the um, in in the in the market at Roscoff. Um, and they come back with a different sense of possibility. You know, they really do. And I, I think sometimes they, those, that sense of, you know, we, we take children up to London. We had students up in the South Bank last week presenting work and uh, going up to Tate in, 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 um, in, in March. Again, students going up. I think it's, there's, a, there's a whole range of things that, that, that really support that. I think great relationships is really pivotal in... in getting people to feel safe enough to take the risks of imagining things differently and mm. you know I, I, it is about that stretching of your comfort zone and part of what's sometimes it's easier to see that in other people than to see those things in yourself whether it's as an adult or a child and I, I think that that permission you know so I think what sometimes a great teacher they imagine that sense of possibility for someone before they can see it themselves mm. and that just holds the space for them to grow into um, and sometimes it's not like that it's, some, it's something else it might I saw some lovely examples last night of of older students doing a performance and the level of support from their peers was wonderful uh, really inspiring I, I wish I'd had friends like that growing up um, but yeah so there's a quick how are we doing for time by the way just a quick check um, okay, yeah, okay. so a question I've asked everybody that I've interviewed mm. for this book was that if you had been elected as the Prime Minister of the, this mm. country in the last election and you had run on a platform of make Britain imaginative again mm. so you had felt that the big challenges that we face whether it's yeah. climate change or social fragmentation or whatever mm. are partly due to to our, our, our being not as imaginative as we should be at this time so we need mm-hmm. to see a real revaluing and refocusing of imagination whether in terms of public policy in terms of education in terms of public life in terms mm-hmm. of architecture in terms of everything yeah. where would you start what might you do in your first 100 days in number 10 I think I think there would be some things that um, I would I would disinvest in um, and I think there would be some things that I would 
look at in terms of a different kind of platform um, to, to 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 create the to create what's needed. Um, I, I think there's there's something about looking at how people collectively contribute and how you create platforms that support that. Um, I think schools should have an accountability way beyond the test measure. Uh, I think the danger is that, you know, you could see in the current climate that they'll create some imagination score and, oh my God, Dave, <laughs> you've only got four and a half out of ten on your your imagination score, you know. And, you know, you could just sort of see that kind of thing building a level of anxiety that will stop I'm people. Not yeah, no, oh God, I, I you know. And then you get more stress, so you'll be less imaginative <laughs> and more predictable. And um, I, I think there's something about just uh, not that everything to do with the accountability measures in schools has been unhelpful, but I think there's a limit. It's got real limits, and I think there's the, 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 there's a time for um, really changing the expectations around what the purpose of school is about. Um, it's, it's, I think it's a really hard conversation to have because I don't think people like the idea that um, it's necessarily not about the, the, the exams. But they're just a, a milestone, they're not the end point. And um, I, so I, th- I think schools need a wider accountability towards their communities uh, and in, in terms of what that means in terms of engagement. Um, I definitely lose a series of the accountability measures of very young children that I think are ever so unhelpful. Um, Sats and stuff like that. Yeah, the phonics assessment I was talking about earlier. The, the, the just the, the the relentlessness of of schools being measured in such a narrow set of criteria means that people do not feel at times they've got the space to invest in the things that really matter and some of those things that really matter like making our society a a better place um, and and getting young people to feel that they can contribute towards their their future their community our world um you know how how do do you really measure that do you is it is it even helpful to consider that you do Mm. and i i think some there are aspects of the whole way that we we view things that you know, they they need to be challenged and and deconstructed, and um, and I think there are some things in terms of platforms for investment um, that you know schools sc- schools aren't you know on one level clearly schools can't be uh, responsible for everything that happens in a young person's life, but on another level. Um, they, we we can offer so much. We got we can make such a difference, and um, I think that sense of contribution towards somebody's life—not just when they're with you in school, but beyond them being sixteen, beyond them, beyond the walls of the school—I um, think those things are really, really significant. So, kind of looking like at the, I guess, like in Finland, where they do it, where the teachers do an extra couple of years training, and then they're yeah. just trusted. So, feel like that really this key. isn't a time where there's a lot yeah. of trust given to teachers at the moment. I, in this I, I think that would be a part of of, of losing some of those accountability measures because I, I think 
staff really you know they care about what they do people invest so much time and and energy and expertise in things but some of that expertise gets stifled and limited in relation to gaming the system rather than trying to do what, what what's right um I, th- I think there there are some things um that that people need time on a national basis um to construct from what the assets are though and and what I mean by that is I think so often we we base our conversations in in schools and in governments about based on what's not working rather than what we actually trying to build mm. and I think for the for the, the sen- you know one of the lovely things I was hearing the other day was that there is there's some research that shows that when schools find out they're getting a new building their results start to increase um, without anything being built but it's that sense of possibility I think mm. probably and that sense of imagination of actually you, you start to think differently and then you realise we don't have to wait for the building we can just be different we can do things differently and I think I think that's um, that's something that's needed on a, a national basis of what are we trying to build you know the nature of news and um debate is it often becomes polarised and polemic rather than something that's trying to construct and build and align yeah, towards yeah. something yeah. and you see that all the time all the time all the time yeah and, it, and I I think that if you, there's something that's really age old around the sense of a village that you know isn't about being in, in a you know I'm seven years old therefore I do this test it's, you know, and that idea that it takes a village to raise a child, but I think there's something about in a village. Well, what are we about? Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think people need some scaffold and support to to feel that that's an okay thing to do. Because we don't, we you know, it's very easy to say what is wrong and what what you don't want. You know, I've been doing a, my fair bit of that this morning, but um, you know, I think it's really important people trying to create a new solution and then not just talk about it actually act on that mm. and again I think people need support to do that because that, that can feel really confronting about well, what if I get it wrong and it's like yeah you, that's okay you, you'll learn things in it and things will move through that mm. because I think I think if people get a sense of the intention sitting behind these things that people can keep working with that there's a really good energy, I think, around those kind of things. So I get how how you can. You know, normally, you would imagine you would think, well, imagination, so and creativity mm-hmm. is something you do in the art classroom, and yeah. something that you do in maybe in creative writing. But it's I had a friend of mine who did teacher training up yes. in London. She said they yeah. on the first day they showed her the that, that Ken Robinson TED yes. talk, yeah. and then said, of course, but you know that's that's if you're that's if you're going to be teaching the arts or English, of course. If you're teaching maths and science, you won't it's be so drawing ridiculous. on any of that stuff. So how <laughs> how do you? She was actually was absolutely heartbroken. I could have been here to do this. So how do you in in in, in the school here? Do you teach maths and science and yeah. chemistry or whatever in a in a in a, in a, in a in an artistic, creative, imaginative way. Yeah, and, I, and, I, and just to say, I, I, you know, I think as a mathematician or as a scientist, imagination is is pivotal in those in those approaches. I mean, in a as a scientist, a research scientist, you're creating a, an experiment that nobody's ever done before, 
um, to, to try and find out something that you're really curious about. Well, that's, that's all about imagination. It's not about following a recipe, which I do think, you know, school science can, can be like. I, I, I work with this, these, these scientists and we created the world's youngest published scientists. Uh, uh, um, we did an experiment with bees um, at Blackhalls and Primary well, School. I heard about that, yeah. Yeah, and it was wonderful. It really, really was special. And, um, you know, I, I think that that was... Bo, the, 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 the scientist there, was... It, it really showed me just how much... Um, how much the imagination's pivotal in science and and he he's an exceptional human being in relation to that and also in relation to then that ability to look at empathy but in relation to the question around maths and scientists i think it, a key part of it is the distinction that what i think what we do at our best in the school is we look at being the scientist not just learning about science mm. um or being the mathematician not just learning about maths um, so again, aspects of project work that can be engaged in those areas does give a really a good opportunity for creativity. Um, you know, Bo, Bo did some amazing work with a with the Eye Scientist program at the Science Museum. There are lots of different responses and ways of doing these things. Um, you know, by definition of the imagination and creativity in itself, and I think that's where sometimes the local context is really important as well. You know, if you end up being able to work like we've done with um, the, the the people over at Cremel Keelboats, that's their skills and their context has been has enabled us to do things we just couldn't do on our own. Or working with the College of Art, being able to get young children to sandcast and create hand, you know, glass hands. You know that the, there are some aspects where in your community, if you can access the skills then you can create different imagined opportunities and different possibilities in those things. Um, but I, I, don't, I don't think it's um, a helpful um, separation out of those subjects. And I think the biggest sadness for me in relation to Ken Robinson's talk, which I think is the most popular TED yeah. talk of all time, yeah. is how many people have watched it, but how few people have done something in, in response mm. to it. Mm. And... Um, you know, I think that's that's something that, whilst I, I wouldn't present that we're um, anything like the sort of uh, a finished article, if you like. I, I think we're we're working incredibly hard, and I think we've got some really really great quality within the things that we're we're doing, and we've got areas that we really need to improve at as well. But I do think you know the thing that we should all feel really proud of at the school is that we've we've really tried to to do something differently in response to the needs of young people growing up today and and in terms of fostering that level of imagination thank you mm. I, that's all my questions if you had uh, just if you had any last thing you were thinking i really want to say that about imagination <laughs> but he hasn't asked me the right question no i don't i don't think so i i, I, I the the only thing that's in my mind is just a, how i suppose how natural uh, when you talk to to really little children how how they use their imagination or how their perception of the world just creates the most beautiful insights into into things and raises the most amazing questions as a result of them seeing things differently and you know i think i think that's why sometimes it's you you just have the most wonderful opportunities when you spend time with a really young child and it's it's a it's a real gift that and and i think it's something that
unfortunately for some children and some adults we we kind of unlearn but I do believe it's a very natural mm. um, thing I, I think Ai Weiwei the uh, Chinese artist said creativity is something that you can only, you can only unlearn I think that's really wise <laughs> I think similar probably with the imagination it's uh, it's how do you create those conditions and, and really uh, foster that um, but yeah thank yeah. you thank you it's lovely to talk to you